I am Andrew Lucas. That's what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we go? So the point being is, good golfers are a fucking dime a dozen. And we saw it in full swing that the line of demarcation between... Yeah, are you ready, Bud? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into Divots and Pivots here on the Fantasy Sports Corporation Network. I am Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard, as always, joined by Bud Copeland. And we got a fun little episode for you tonight. Later on in the show, we will be joined by Nate Hearn from Acorn Hills Code. Dot com Again, we had him on uh, probably roughly about this time last year. Uh, so we're going to check back in with him later in the show. So stick around. Use the discount code at the bottom, TBFY15 over at acornhillsco.com. But let's get into it. Uh, Bud, how are you doing? Uh, enjoying the outdoors, I see. Is it, you just, I am you on the road. Re, 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 uh, what's it called? Uh, re, uh, I can't even think of the word. Whatever. You're getting, be- you're getting back to your camping. Is that what you're doing out there? I am actually, <laughs> I'm actually doing the opposite of that. I'm down in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, Tallahassee. Tallahassee, Tallatrashy, Tallahassee, however you pronounce it. Just uh, home taking care of some family business. On it's, it's not necessarily a work trip or a pleasure trip. It's a family trip. Mm-hmm. And so we are back out on the outdoor back porch uh, here at lovely Golden Eagle Golf and Country Club. I think it's just Golden Eagle Country Club. But no, it's the course where I grew up. So it's been kind of fun to be back. Uh, nice. in, in um, Like I said, doing some family stuff. But in that family stuff, I stumbled upon this Ooh, little lovely. nugget right here. And let's see if we can get that up on the camera. See if you can read it. It says... So first time playing... First time playing number 17, score three. This is the ball from my first time playing 17. I just stumbled upon this in my dad's office. We're cleaning out some family stuff, and this is the ball that I used. It is a MaxFly HT90 Tour Bellata, which even for when I played, uh, when I played, I was probably 12 or 13, so this is probably 1994-95. This yeah. ball would have still been a little bit old, which tells you I took something that I didn't mind losing out of the bag, and yeah. I didn't lose it. I made a three at Sawgrass on 17. This was my first ball. Stumbled upon that today. And I thought That's to myself, funny. I was probably, again, 12 or 13 years old when that happened. Maybe I could be on PGA Tour by the time I was 15, like this kid, Oliver <laughs> uh, Colchart. Or let me see, what's his actual last name? Because it's they they made a point to do a phonetic pronunciation. And you know whenever they do that, it's not going to be Betchar. Oliver Betchar is a 15-year-old kid who <laughs> is a he – grew, he grew up in Bermuda, and the PGA Tour fall swing gets back at it. Uh, yep. Not the fall swing, sorry, the FedEx fall, whatever the fuck they're calling it. Uh, we'll still always call it the fall swing because we call everything a swing in golf. We'll get into we're gonna we'll get into it later. But anyways, he's 15 <laughs> years old. He's from Bermuda. He's been working yep. towards this, and he qualified for the uh, the the oh god, what is it? The Butterfield the Butterfield Bermuda Championship nice. coming to you in a couple weeks. I think we were at Zoso over in uh, Japan last mm-hmm. week. We're off. They're off this week, and then next week. Uh, god, I can't remember where they're going next week. Then after that, they we will be in Bermuda. So there's three <laughs> tournaments left. They're going to do three more tournaments in November. 
and then we we shut it down for the month of December. And that's where you see like the Tiger 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 Hero World Challenge will be played. That's when we get yep. the traditionally the 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 parent child kind of uh, tournament every year, where Little John and Big John have been cleaning up, but Charlie and Tiger Woods are fast on their heels. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also we're supposed to get the new inter, uh, international intergender is intergender a word? No. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard that. If it, it wouldn't shock me if it was a word, but I haven't heard it yet. Uh, but what is the tournament? It's coming up. Tony Finau and Nelly Corda were big in promoting it. Uh, let me take a look. Sorry, I was looking. I was quickly. You mentioned the the Zozo and uh, made me think. I, I forgot to check how uh, Hideki did. Um, but let me how check. Did he let do? Me uh, 51st, T51, uh, five over. He had a beautiful three wood uh, <coughs> on Thursday, though, up the hill 280 to about two feet that made it kind of be like, oh, there's Hideki. The Grant, the yeah. Grant Thornton International or Invitational, it's going to be an LPGA, PGA Tour again, one of those kind of shoulder, is, season, yeah. shoulder season events. So morale's high here on the homestead, especially, like I said, you come across a little bit of family history, a little nostalgia. Mm-hmm. That's a little pep in your step. Speaking of pep, I don't know if we want to dive right into it, but uh, Eddie Pepperell, shots fired. <laughs> like, that's the table because I will admit when I got the text from you that like Eddie P and I was like I, I had to look it up I didn't know yeah and, and we are in the hungry season we need we need we need stuff to talk about and sure enough right on cue here comes Eddie P yeah he he basically said he put out a tweet on um on Sunday uh yeah today's Tuesday so yeah on Sunday uh saying that uh basically to, to sum it up he said, I, I really gave it a shot. I tried to sit down, watch the, the live team championship uh, with the hopes of finding some sort of joy or inspiration or or any enjoyment in it possible. And then he basically said, but all I saw was nothing but cringe, cringe, cringe. Uh, and I like I am I am paraphrasing, but 90 percent of the words I just said he used in that text and, and cringe uh, in that tweet and cringe was uh was definitely the the, the most prominent word he used uh so Eddie Pepperell w- was not a fan did not enjoy it uh, I think he even had a comment in there uh, referring to uh, Bryson's celebration which look the celebration itself it, it is what it is it's, they sprayed champagne on each other I had no issue with the celebration um it's what you expected but your comments on Eddie Pepperell first and then I have another comment on kind of revolving to spin off from Eddie's uh, comment itself about the team championship. So what did you think about Eddie Pepperell's comments when you, uh, you read it? You're on mute. <laughs> Technical difficulties with the audio. Say that one more. Oh, my first reactions when I saw Yeah, that. your first reactions. Yeah. Oh, man. For, I liked it because at this point, anytime these guys put themselves out there, their opinions out there, they are intentionally – they're not intentionally. That's that's the wrong way to put it. They know that they're they're potentially starting a a fire or a conversation. And yes. anytime uh, in this current golf climate, it's almost as if Justin Justin Thomas, Rory, those guys, they have risen above it. They're beyond it. Okay, they're beyond the live thing. And so when you do hear from Eddie Pepperell, who is struggling, he he has been very public and open about his struggles as a professional golfer. Mm-hmm. And so when he comes out, my first thought was. Here come the the hate the live haters, and I don't mean the people who who hate live. I mean the losers who have who <laughs> it. like it's uh, you know a, some sort of cult second coming of golf. Well, actually, I got a question for you. <clears throat> might be the second coming of golf, but as far as this is concerned, oh, I I agreed with him. I did turn it on, and at one point I was yeah. sitting there going, ah, four hole. No, I went, I went for a walk with my, with my kid and and yeah. my wife, 
And I was like, oh, eight holes left to play. When we came back, there was four holes left to play. And I was watching the scoreboard and, uh, you know, some, a couple of birdies at the same time. And there were, there were moments where I, I was like, oh, that's fascinating. But that's because it was the, it was the moment of just seeing a lot of good golf shots in a short period of time. And here's so-and-so for birdie and here's so-and-so for birdie. Blah, blah, blah. But then when I'm like, wait a minute, again, who's, wait, what is this? This is the team finals. There's four teams. Mm-hmm. I, who's on I didn't really give a what's shit. Going on? I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. And to, and to Eddie's point, I think I'm going to, I'm gonna actually going to defend live a little bit here and say that, it's easy to say it looks cringe from the outside because mm-hmm. you're not out there trying to start something new. It's unfamiliar to you because it's cr- it's sure. cringe to you because it's unfamiliar. I'm skeptical that there's long a long roadway ahead for live uh, a past next year unless again unless they see a way to make it some developmental tour. I think Phil out there going, I know there's people who are going to come. Oh, we didn't even. Yeah, I know. We you just reminded me too when you said that because the comments out there saying that this they expect bigger and better stars to or not bigger and better, but more big names to join. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. The official <laughs> World Golf Rankings. So first of all, one of their one of their objections was the lack of relegation in the game plan. Yeah, and people are going, well, there is. I guess the bottom twelve guys. The way it's going to work with Live, if you're at the bottom twelve of the points list individually, yep. you're you're essentially now free agents. So your team can either opt to re-sign you, another team can pick you up, or you can be unemployed. Whatever. Yes. And there's and the argument out there is like this is relegation, which it is. There is there is consequences if you don't perform. I did Whatever. see that Chase Kepka got re- relegated. Well, unless you're one of those people like Brooksy or DJ who who have gotten the guaranteed money, right? Like they're yeah. Patrick Mahomes. They're not going anywhere. Uh, and so there is a little bit of that relegation, but it comes down to a numbers game. The official World Golf Ranking also pointed out something. You have a fitted number, and, and I've even been gracious to say, let's give every team a backup, a fifth, you know, a bench mm-hmm. player, or a, a, an injured reserve kind of slot that you can fill. So we got 60 golfers potentially with these 12 teams. I don't see any new teams popping up because guess where all the new money's going F1 racing and TGL again, stuff we'll get back into. So there's a limited amount of spots there and no matter what way you slice it. Okay. So what if five of the top 10 from the PGA tour go over next year? Okay. Mm -hmm. All 40 are not going under. They don't have a nut that big to draw them all, but even if they grabbed five more and every year they sucked five over there, the table and the context is set. And unless all of a sudden everybody who's over there does add up to the top 50 in the world, which I don't see that happening again, because of the limited roadway with opportunities in majors, yeah. uh, the whole point of official world golf. And I think that the, the big money's already out. I don't see them. I don't see the PIF going back to the well saying here's 350, 450 mil. I do, you know, Brooks, he's saying mm-hmm. took it for the dough. I don't blame him. And yeah. I think everybody <clears throat> Brooks is back in people's good graces because he went out to the Ryder cup and because mm-hmm. he's doing shtick with Bryson on the course and because he's being real. My family is taken care of. I never, if I never yeah. hit a golf shot again, if I get smoked by a bus, we're good. Yep. And there's not a human alive, an adult, especially, with kids that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, you wouldn't bat an eye. The, the moral objectors. I just, I mean, I would, you can't, you can't put a price on a loved one's life, Yeah. but all you can ask for is empathy. Right. Or kind of a little bit of like, what would you do in the same scenario? Right. You know, just try to put yourself in that spot. Imagine if that loved one was still around and here's an opportunity to ensure that that person and everybody they come in contact with or produce or love along the way, maybe for a couple generations, are done, set. There's my family legacy. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's incredibly hard. We've talked about this the whole time to go down that road and pass judgment on others. So if you take that off the table and you look at it as business decisions, or even like I said, a math problem, there's not enough room for the top for all of the top guys. So even if Phil says, "Oh, we're going to get," there's going to be a wave. Of, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's going to sure. be maybe they, they might be have enough money to snag one off the top, two or three in the middle, and then a couple low hanging fruit down there to keep replenish replenish replenishing the stock so that those bottom mm-hmm. 12 maybe only three or four of them actually end up on the unemployment line and maybe three or four people come in or it's flipped around but either way i this pettiness it take the dj route take the brooks route phil shut your fucking mouth you're I on know. my shit list again my are the truce is over he won't go away or be quiet don't fault him for that what, am I, what is he supposed to do not yeah exactly he took the money and he's gonna go over there but the arguments keep falling on mm-hmm. like like, what are, what are we getting at here? Because once the PIF and PGA sign this agreement and we're going to, I think something's going to drop very, very, very soon, either an yeah. extension or an announcement. Now, because, now that the se- live season's done completely, yeah. something's going to come. It's got to. And even <clears throat> if it is, what would you like to see happen with live? It'd be a second tier tour like i think it is in the first place some sort of like we've said developmental tour or some sort of entry tour or um or just some sort of fun exhibition tour like it's hell they could be the the savannah bananas you know from in base in the baseball comparison like hell like let them that's be actually, that. By the way, that's not that's not that's not a terrible comparison because it is the same sport to just organize differently. The Savannah Bananas, yeah. fucking, that, that's that's some entertaining stuff. But uh, it's just organized differently. Like they each yeah. inning is like its own mini game. Like this, the rules are so completely different. You know, some but, kid shot shot a sixty-seven in thirty-two minutes playing speed golf the other day. Sixty-seven. Jeez. In thirty-two anyway, minutes. Thirty-two Whatever. minutes or thirty-seven <laughs> minutes. Yeah, these guys are in running shoes and they carry like three clubs. So I agree God. with you. I, I would like to see it incorporated into the ecosystem in some sort of uh, proving ground. I think you could see it become this new fall. You know, have it be like knockouts and stuff. Maybe you know, maybe there are forty-eight you know college players that you you put up there. Gordon Sargent, by the way, our college guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, he's the first player to get his PGA. So a real quick pause for the uninitiated Gordon Sargent plays his college golf at Vanderbilt. He's the mm-hmm. number one, I think, uh, ranked amateur in the world right now. If he's not one, he's a one or two. He was on the victorious Walker cup team, him and the USAM champiter champiter, USAM champiter, <laughs> the uh, USAM champ, Nick Dunlap and another, another college golfer, David Ford, who was on that Walker cup team. They just went and snagged the Eisenhower cup, which is the world team amateur championship. Yep. Uh, that's a fun one, by the way, that we gotta, we gotta look at more. It's uh, not next year, but two years from now when, uh, when it's back, it's not gonna be on the same cycle as the Walker cup. It's three players from like 30 or 40 different countries. I, don't, I, I think there's 36 maybe countries that are involved in the Federation. And it's three players. They play three days of stroke play. The two low scores from your team each day uh, count for your team total. Sounds a little familiar, right? Like that, that, that <laughs> yeah. kind of. Uh, but it's a really, it's a really neat uh, amateur event that kind of flies under the radar, especially when it comes in the same year and in the shadow of a Walker Cup and then a Solheim Cup and then a Ryder Cup and then it's like get up for the Eisenhower Trophy. It's tough, but it's See, out but, there. And I truly believe that, like, the probably the like. I believe that a, a path to legitimate success for the live tour is similar to something like, you know, 
like if they really want to be picked up by because they're back that's back in the news trying to figure out okay they're done their first year with the CW now they got one more year left but they want they need to expand to something to include the Friday round as well because CW is only Saturday and Sunday like the, the, their whole network deal and future deal potential deals is kind of back in the news again they're going out to the big global media conference to try to basically find a partner um, but I feel like a pat like I feel like they could be successful if they went the route of almost like a, it being like a challenge tour to similar to remember the, have you seen the documentary or not documentary, but the, I guess you can call it a reality show, but it's, it's more like a actual reality show. The last chance you like, or like, like the guys oh, who don't, don't, yeah, but, um, but yeah, but like, it's a legitimate guys like go from there trying to actually get in the NFL. Like every now and then someone makes it like, take guys who maybe just missed out on the corn fair and they want to take a chance and to get their tour card. And like, it's, you know, it's a challenge tour and Netflix really goes on, like, like say it's Netflix that picks them up, but he likes the idea. Like, the, I, I feel like that could be something that could be entertaining. Like then you get, yeah, it's, it's guys you don't know maybe, but if they focus in on the right parts of their story, oh, they tell the story. And, and the golf yeah. and all of that, then, then I, then I think you have something. And then, yeah, maybe every now and then they keep some contracts with some of these bigger stars where, you know, a couple times a year, uh, one of these bigger names in the golf world comes over and, and you know, plays against them or something. I don't know. You mix in their, their names that have been loyal to them. There's paths to do it. They're just trying to be – what their problem has always been, they're trying to be the PGA Tour while saying that the PGA Tour is outdated. Yeah. They're trying to be an, an alternative to something. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If it's, uh, there's a couple of things there. The challenge tour exists, by the way, that is, that is what the, uh, the DP world tours kind of minor leagues is called. That's the equivalent of their corn fairy tour. It's called the challenge tour. And, uh, and I know you were talking about just using yeah, it as a, point it, of a reference. Brooksy yeah. came out of the challenge tour. That's where he was before the PGA tour got big. It, I, I, I I'm, I'm struggling with the team thing, just like I've talked about. Oh, the, the team thing I think needs to go. I I agree. The team thing I can't do. So at least in this format. Well, then we're just talking about basically taking the the live brand and slapping it on a different corn fairy or sunshine or any of these other 26, 27 world golf tours that uh, participate in the official world golf rankings. But at this point, don't you think that's all they've been pushing from the start? Though they're not they're pushing the live brand like all the facts that all the the points that they're pushing on live brand is the bigger, faster, louder, or whatever the hell they're saying is, whatever. They're not Golf pushing. The louder. Like, they're not, what they're not, they're not shoving in the face of people like, we wear shorts, we play three rounds instead of, like, they're not shoving the actual rules of how they play the game of golf on the live tour, because that's not really different other than one round less. Um, they're, they're, sh- they're trying to push the experience of live golf. That's something that they could, the brand can carry over into another format if they change the actual format of golf to make it something unique. Well, and then we get into that, the, the conversation about the talent's not going to show up because if you, you know, the world golf rankings is, which is the pathway to all majors and all the big things, is, the, is yep. to get world <laughs> golf ranking points. Uh, and we've been see, even seen with international play, it's a pretty big deal with Ryder Cup teams. And I guess you will see live golfers on the Ryder Cup next time around with the DP World Tour. They'll figure all that out. Yeah. But if you do that, if you say, all right, we're going to maintain this and we're going to push the experience. Well, then you're going to drain the talent pool because they are going to go over to the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour or whatever new endeavor is created. And you are going to get a Savannah Bananas type experience where you got some seriously talented athletes and golfers, but mm-hmm. they're not elite level professional contenders. And so to your point, 
and what I've said from the very freaking beginning, it's a glorified exhibition. And yes. It's fun. You and I went. It, it, it's a great time. It's wonderful. Yeah. But also the serious golfers, serious golfers. And I'm not saying I necessarily subscribe to this thought, but serious <laughs> golfers, when they think about a shotgun start, they think about, oh, it's a scramble yeah. or it's a late fall round and we're not going to get it in because of daylight. They don't, it, you know, golf, a golf tournament is, is a marathon. I mean, it is an absolute grind and people who poo poo golf because of, you know, they're not out there running at high speeds and you know, knocking each other around. They do discount the mental challenge and the discipline it takes yes. for, you know, days on end to stay that kind of sharp, to have the ebbs and the flows. It is a little bit different even than a seven game series like we're seeing in baseball, but that's about the closest thing you see to it is these seven game yep. series in other sports where they have to maintain it. The Super Bowl, I understand too. It's or, or, or you know those single shot games. High, it's a different mm -hmm. type of intensity. It's a lot all at yeah. once, and it's just make or miss. Boom, you know the the fact that again in a seven game series or in a four day golf tournament, you can have a little bit of a mistake or a stumble here. You don't have to be perfect. The margins are a little bit bigger, but they're not. You know they're razor thin. You know for an extended mm -hmm. period of time. But you know that if they're razor thin one way and you make a mistake, you do have 52 holes left to make that stroke up. I mean, there are some comfort, but it's a, just a different style of mentality. I think, I genuinely think with the the style of live, pace of play, the I think there's some benefits to the, maybe the format where they, you can just be, I am, I, am golf, I am golfer hit ball. Like I'm not, I'm not on sure. the first hole. I'm on my first hole of the day. It's just the next shot that's in front of me, whatever. But there's guaranteed cash at the end. Mm -hmm. and, and that that argument is going to be pretty moot here soon where all these signature events are guaranteed purses as well uh and that goes to the argument of in a question that i've been sitting on figuratively not literally <laughs> the future of all this if live 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 aside i think you and i both agree we'd love to see it incorporated because it's fun and novel sure uh, if, it can, if it can serve a purpose i think that'd be wonderful um i think and i i, I agree i think it should be kind of like a there's 48 guys, you know, we said 60 total, right. With, with a bench player. So we'll say, yeah. I say, I say, maybe you do take the, the, you keep the corn Ferry tour and the PGA tour you path the same. Great. Yes. The next, the next 30 guys on the corn Ferry list who almost got that PGA tour card. And then the lat, the first 30 guys out on the PGA tour list, take those 60, mm. put them in a draft format. And let them hammer it out all fall in yeah. this live golf format. So, because because that when then you can say it's control, it's contained. We know yep. what we're getting front to back. We're not trying to say that we're creating a new tour. That would be captivating, you know, television. You got the time frame to do it. So, I think that would be fun. But you mentioned something that's holding live back. Uh, Seth Ma or Sean Mendez just came into my brain. <laughs> There's nothing holding me back. Uh, the live golf needs a Friday coverage partner. Yes, and we. Is YouTube a viable option now to say, yes. hey, like we've got enough exposure now. It's free. It's accessible. Everybody knows where to find it. Because uh, I just saw an interesting debate earlier today. And of course, coming from one of the good, good guys or one of those folks, is YouTube the future of golf? And they don't mean just, they mean, is it going to be as big as the PGA Tour someday? Well, you, what that... Like, get as many eyeballs, get these purses going because of how, again, those arguments, you know, already the numbers of people who consume golf. Now, whether that means they're watching instructional videos or mm -hmm. podcasts or whatever, the 
the consumption audience for golf on YouTube is growing. I mean, hell, that's where yeah. subscribe right now. Fantasy Sports Corporation's YouTube channel, if you haven't already, <laughs> ring the bell. So, you know, knowing what the kids are into, the TikTok generation, do they have the patience to stick around? Or is the traditional golf model going to start dwindling an audience base? And it's going to start going to this side where kids look at what is the guy from good good it seems like garrett or something like that well there's a there's a bunch of them there's there's, there's a bunch of them but this one, yeah. the one the one that i'm thinking of specifically who started in his backyard with those little trick shot videos and now he's you know he's one of the, he's one of the originals he's one of those kind of uh og golf guys in the last five ten years or five years really he you know he's the kind of model of you know i look at uh Instead of grinding it out on the Corn Ferry Tour, maybe I go the Page Sporanic route. Maybe I go the mm-hmm. Garrett route. There are other ways to get into, quote, professional golf without being a tour pro. And and I don't ever think it'll overtake it. But I think, I mean, there's something there when, when, when like, take Taylor Swift, for example. <laughs> when you have a built-in, when you have a built-in fan base like that, it, it could you imagine if it was like, a couple's match her and Travis Kelsey in a co-ed match against, you know, partnered up with some pros. And that's the route that I think it's going to go because this pay-per-view model is going to keep, keep kind of winning. Maybe not in the end, like we talked about before, the, the, the networks are going to reign King because they have the yeah. uh, But I, where do you see YouTube golf going? Uh, so it's, it's, I do. So I do think that you, I could see YouTube being a very viable, um, kind of big player in the end when it comes to golf because uh, and sure the, what we're referencing with good good golf and we've referenced bob does sports before on the channel um and, and other golf shows yeah they're not playing uh in in providing coverage for golf tournaments per se uh but they are getting more eyes on the game of golf on youtube in general and let's face it people are uh not really watching cable television as much as they used to a, a lot of people including myself uh, if I the most things I watch is on YouTube. I I watch uh, anywhere from ten minute videos to to hour plus long videos that, that I take in like TV shows on YouTube. And YouTube has become kind of that like it's not a network, but it is in some sense that you, YouTube could probably sustain uh, a live coverage sport at sometime in the near future. And yeah, golf on the platform has taken off to a place where I could definitely see YouTube being able to support that. Um, and I was just quickly, cause you, you mentioned Garrett and I couldn't remember Grant's the one that had left good, good and is on his own. Now Garrett is still part of good guy. I want to make sure we didn't confuse those names. So you were right. Garrett is on good. He's like the, I guess you could say that he's not the leader, but he's definitely like the, the forward face him and Bubby when it comes to good, good. Bubby's with good, good. I, I I'm shockingly ignorant to that world. I take and, in a lot of their content. I very much enjoy watching their videos. So because it's because it's good, good like they're good golfers. They were all college oh, golfers. All, they're, I mean, they're, they're I mean, talented, Luke Kwan on Luke Kwan was on Corn uh, Ferry. He like he they're half of them are pros technically. Yeah. Um, they have a, a uh, what's his name? Um, one of their newer guys. He played in the Masters a few years back. Uh, he got he he qualified and was able to get an invitation to the masters i can't remember his freaking oh brad dalkey brad dalkey probably one of the uh, amateurs or something yeah he was an amateur but like they got like they're legitimate golfers um and they bridge that they bridge that that kind of gap of being really good at golf but also being able to entertain and what they've been able to do to get eyes on golf on youtube i think is a path to the future of 
yeah, maybe we do see some live golf. I think if if Liv decided to come back to YouTube as Fridays is going to be all like live golf on YouTube, I bet you there'd be an audience. Two, two things on that. First of all, you remember the movie Invincible with Mark Wahlberg yes. where he's the bartender who ends up on the Eagles and everything? Yep. I think that's kind of what you're getting at with these YouTube golfers who've had uh, a cup of coffee with the pros or brush with greatness. It's accessibility to excellence. They're like, wait a minute, yeah. I'm one step removed from that guy. You know, like, hey, exactly. I got like me sitting here going, I play in amateur qualifiers and this guy won an amateur tournament that got him to Augusta. And never mind, we're mm-hmm. miles apart in, in terms of talent. There's that yeah. slim, slim, yeah, they also played at like Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. State, like all these yeah. all these high end golf they're schools. They're also plus they're like <laughs> plus seven handicaps. Yeah, uh, you know they get pissed at a sixty eight. I'm 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 over here grinding over you know for my seventy threes. But hey, we're proud of what we put out there on on the card. I think yeah. there's an accessibility uh, aspect to it. And I know we got to say hey to uh, underdog here, here in a second. And so when we do come back, I have, if it's not going to be YouTube, I do have another kind of wild suggestion for maybe where live might end up in. Uh, it would be on brand for both. of them. Yeah, I think, it, I think it makes sense. It, it just makes sense. Um, I, I just see it being of YouTube having created the path for that and live could take advantage of it. It works for me. Let's, uh, do you have any more on this before we hear from Underdog? Then we move on. No, to... when we, I think it might. I think uh, when we get back, I'll tell you who I think might step into that void, and then we'll move on. I love it. Ooh. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever, and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. So I, I, at the end of my, before the commercial break, my, my train of thought was going a little bit because I pulled up the, the names of the good, good team just to make sure. And then I saw like a bunch of little, you know, clickbait things about rumors and because of the fans of good, good golf, I then just, just got sucked into quickly reading. And so I, my focus was gone, uh, but I did just stumble upon this, the good, good golf, their channel, uh, well, beyond just their channel now, cause they got their website, their store, whatever, but good, good golf earns around $600,000 a month. I mean, it's enough enough to pay the bills. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So that 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 leads me to my my kind of suggestion and point is wherever there are the eyeballs, I think the opportunities are going to follow and live golf, you know, needing that partner, maybe trying to take a stab. And I I don't it's never going to happen because of Netflix's partnership with the PGA Tour in full swing. Yeah. But that's where my brain went. Maybe maybe Amazon Prime or maybe Prime or Hulu yeah. or one of these other streaming partners goes, fuck it. We'll, we'll give you a year. We'll see if you can do it. I mean, that's all they really want is a shot to get the eyeballs. And the way that yeah. Liv wants to have kind of all-round control of the production process, it lends itself to a streaming partner where, uh, you know, I guess you – you do still need your, you, I mean, even when you watch streaming football on Thursday night on Amazon Prime, you have commercials, right? Yeah. My wife the other day was going like, what the hell? Why do we have commercials if it's streaming? This is stupid. <laughs> I thought we had, and I, was, and, and, it was, and, I, and I was like, yeah, honestly, I thought so too. I was kind of shocked to hear, you know, then it yeah. dawned on me. No, they just, 
you still got to pay the bills somehow as we yeah, play you know you just you just see the same four commercials over and over because the, <laughs> but i i i mean i i think like it's gonna all hinge on what this deal shakes out with with the pif uh yes. I mean, honestly, truth gun to my head. I know we sit here talking about and speculating where we think it might go or we kind of want to see it go. Truth gun to my head, I think it's dead. I think I've said this before. 2024 yeah. may or may not even happen, but I think if it does, it's the last of live to let these main contracts go back. They're going to, the, and there will be no re entry penalty. That's what's about to get negotiated away. It'll just be like, yeah. how about this? We let live play out its course. And then these guys can, like some of them probably still have valid exemptions, right? It was like fills a lifetime oh, sure, yeah. for winning. So, and they might just say they can come back. They can resume operations, you know, at, you know, wherever they are exempt into. And then the other guys who maybe the Charles Howell, the thirds who maybe he doesn't have any kind of historical exemptions to hold on to. He does have to go back to Q school or the corn Ferry tour, yeah. or he says, I made enough. I'm going to just go play golf on Hilton head for the rest of my life. No, because but, uh, they've made such a stink about the world golf rankings. Do you see, could you, would you be surprised if they had made in their negotiations and this would never happen. I know this, but I'm just now painting them as, you know, petty, uh, because they've acted that way at times. Uh, could you see them as, as trying to somehow work in a, a restoration of their ranking prior to leaving golf? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, okay, I, yeah actually, this, this doesn't make sense, but if we in this negotiation, I, I, I was ranked 30th in the world before I left the PGA for a live. I'd like to be ranked 30th in the world again. You know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying, at, and that's I, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. I thought maybe, I don't think it'll happen because it seems oh, yeah, far fetched yeah. as hell. It's far fetched as hell. They're not. He's not going to say like I was fifth. I want to be fifth again. You know, yeah. <laughs> but the, the argument they were making is we want to be qualified. We want to be benefit. We want to be able to receive whatever fucking word that is. I, I'm lost. I'm lost for it. We want to be eligible. There we go. Eligible. We want to be eligible for world world golf ranking points. <laughs> but we want to go retroactively. And that's where another thing is like, no, we're not going backwards True. and saying that. Yeah. However, you were saying something that made me think that there could be some sort of, I mean, they can always reapply. And they made that clear mm -hmm. in the, the ruling of like, as it was written. And at the time of it, it was July of 22. A lot has changed since then. Yeah. So if they're, you know, if they do reapply, maybe, maybe that is part of the negotiations right now, because the same players are all interconnected here. It's all the tours, you know, the PGA tours kind of the de facto leader of the, 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 the tour, like the nation of tours or whatever you want to call it, this group, yeah. this network that feeds into uh, the world golf ranking body and the RNA and the USGA works with them. All of these other tours are waiting for their lead from the PGA tour. In my estimation. I mean, I don't, you know, don't at me, bro. I don't work for the sunshine tour, but <laughs> they could very well say, you know, work with us here, find a way to figure out, you know, mathematically, obviously, like we talk about our, the, the guy over at Barstool foreplay always says, you know, the, the data golf, it's there. They already know how to rank these golfers. And as I always point out, there's some human elements there that you can't control for, right? Like yeah. there, there just is. And if it does just boil down to pull data and just crunch the numbers, then why do we even play the courses at all? You know, have these golfers go get rated. They play four rounds of golf. They get rated and tested. All that data gets put in. And then we just run a bunch of models on computer simulations to find out who's better. 
I mean, yeah, if that's just, where that's how I know that's an extreme example of that, but no, but I get what you're, I get your point. Trying to claim that there's already a system to do it ignores the, the obvious reality of the differences that make a difference in people's performance. And you can't deny that. That's like trying to take Ryder cup and saying, you know, the performance in the Ryder cup, that should get world golf ranking. No, it's a different type of competition. Yeah. Maybe they do. I don't, but I don't believe it. No, I don't. I don't think they do. I mean, they don't get paid, so why would they get rankings? They, <laughs> fuck, they don't get paid. <laughs> but no, but it's yeah, it's. I don't see, like I said, I don't see there being any path to the live tour receiving ranking points unless they do go to a like a four day tournament setup, like like every other tour is. Um, I I just think that's going to be a sticking point and a and a cause for. Uh, what's a, a, a cause for concern when it comes to the committee who, uh, you know, makes the decisions for the rankings. I just don't think it's ever going to be that way unless they conform back to the norm a little bit. Do is the, does live deserve any kind of feelings or any kind of sympathy? They don't deserve anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in, in, in a sense, sometimes they have a point where, could you imagine, a, a, I mean, there's certain, there's certain, certain goods that become kind of public goods, or maybe they are mm-hmm. monopolized just by the fact that there's only a couple of key players and there's the barrier to entry for anybody else is just so overwhelmingly high. I wonder if that, that I mean, that was their legal angle was this was an antitrust yes. thing where, how can that, how can this one entity really control or be in charge of all this, you know, and, and the barriers to actually get into the opportunities are too high. And I don't think they had a, a solid, I'm not a lawyer there, but they didn't have a great, oh. a totally great legal argument. But uh, when, when it's the pathways for opportunity that are going to, are going to make, you know, make live either a success or a failure. And I think what I was getting at is most startups fail. And this yep. was a startup and, you know, sure enough, it's, it doesn't look like it's going to be long for, you know, for anything beyond next season. So maybe it's just kind of like, Hey, no farm, no harm, no foul is another startup that failed. Yeah. I think that's just, I think that at least that's the attitude I've taken it as. And that's something we've always said is that if they just haven't viewed themselves as a startup, they viewed themselves as this, um, this tour that has a rich history and has all this credibility already. And, and look, I get it because it's made up of people who have had success at a very high level. So like, I get where they're used to this. And it's, so it's hard to to bring yourself back to the bottom and, and try to build something without having some feeling of like, I shouldn't have to do this. I've been to the top. Um, but it's just the reality of the situation. And that's always been my biggest gripe is that uh, they've been very much disconnected from reality. I still think they continue to be disconnected from reality. I mean, Cam Smith, we saw, I sent you a text this past week where he had comments uh, just recently, again, saying that he thinks the official world golf rankings is going to, is basically obsolete at this point. On the contrary, it's, it's not at all. It's, it's so not obsolete to the point that you guys are bitching and whining and still trying to get into it. Like <laughs> it's like dumping a girl. And then when you see her new boyfriend and her friends and they're all out, you're like, she's not really that happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like exactly. it's, just, it's all it, whatever, whatever. I'm over it. You're not. I mean, it it does sting. It, 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 the, saying that those those rankings are now obsolete. It was a point that I made a couple weeks ago, and I keep going back to it. It's not just the 60 guys on live and the 150 you know tour card holders, and then the other 150 corn fairy guys. So three. It's professional golf, quote unquote, has thousands of players. 
and mm-hmm. there is a fairly uniform system for performance so that it is fair and that it is equitable and that there are pathways to growth in more than one arena. Live is not like that. You either get invited or you don't. Mm-hmm. And then once you're in, it's a limited, I mean, can you imagine if like half the guys that live got shanks all at the same time and just nobody can make a putt? They're all shooting 85. It, it, it's, it's such a far-fetched thing to that would actually happen once you get to that level. But the yeah. point there is like, if that happened on the PGA tour, you get washed out real quick. Sorry, yeah. a couple missed cuts, and then you're you're dropping like an like an anchor. And you know, people will be like, No, I've seen Justin Ta- those guys who've already won. T- 10, 15, 20 times, they have different types of job security. Yeah. I'm talking about the thousands of people who are vying for one of those signature events. And the more I look into this new, this new uh, format that the FedEx cup is using next year with the signature events and the mm-hmm. swing, the, the swing five and the top 10, this, and the different, it is a little more dynamic. The, I could see an argument being made for, yeah, but aren't you just kind of creating your own exclusive club a la lib of, club a la live you know it's really only for the top 50 to 70 guys and my answer is uh yeah but the difference is there are multiple pathways once again to get there versus waiting on an invitation from i was about to make a geopolitical joke but i decided not to instead of waiting for an invitation (laughs) and a bag of money it's 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 again i like what you said earlier savannah savannah bananas to the major league Savannah mm-hmm. Bananas is about to go on tour in some major league parks next year. They had a, they've had yeah, some very they, success. They're, they're coming, coming to Fenway, Fenway, and they're going to pack these fucking and, places and out. They, they they more than pack those places out. They they sell out within minutes, and they have wait lists that right. The, 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 there's I mean, so I. Dude, you I just like it's all but it, but that's it. Just goes back to it's all about the attitude in which you look at yourself in in what you're representing the savannah bananas know exactly what they are exactly what they're trying to do and, and they're not trying to be the mlb they're not even trying to be the minor leagues like they're, they're just they're just doing their own thing and that's they, the they, thing like if, if live would just would just grasp their identity and try to be just that then i think things could have gone a little differently for them Couple things but, before we welcome nate in here unless yes. he unless he, do we have nate already or we got a we got a couple minutes yeah, Nate, Nate's here. He, he's ready to go. So uh, right, final Nate, words on Liv. <laughs> final words on Liv are it's going to die. I was ready to move on from, from that. Yes, uh, but too. actually, we can go ahead and bring Nate Nate in. Yeah, Nate Wren from Acorn Hills, acornhillsco.com, the, uh, the creator of the mission in life to look good, feel good, and do good. And uh, nice, nice shirt you got on there. Yeah, how about it? I appreciate you guys having me back on. I'm pumped to be oh, love to have you. I want to get your reaction on something before we get an update on the Acorn Hills and your and your college season and all grand things oh, in Mount Aloysius. Yeah. Uh, I just saw this come over the interweb, so it's got to be true. Annika Sorenstam is now a member at Augusta National Golf Club. I just saw that. Too. I was oh. literally just on my phone. And I saw that. Yep. Literally, literally just, just happened that. now? Yeah, it was a, 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 and on the Instagrams there. It was posted about four hours ago. So how about that? Talk about evolutions in golf. I saw somebody in the comments say that she's also a member now at uh, – uh the hell is it pine valley so not not a bad little not a bad little twofer there all right yeah, I mean, nate, that's great yeah what's that no i was just saying nate how are you how are things let's start from the top with the most important of all which is how's the golf game and how was your most recent college season yeah so i um well it was it was going it was like insanely well could not have been any better um, opened up the season, shot 73, 75, I think, in our first tournament. 
was like, nice. I was like, okay, you know, this is light work, you know, but here, you know, great season. <laughs> so, uh, I was averaging, I'd say somewhere around 75 to 76 throughout the next, next couple of tournaments. And then we get to the final tournament, the like before our championship and you're talking about shanks and I'm there, I got the shanks literally mid tournament. And I, oh, no. I shot 80, I shot 85 the first day with the shanks. I was like, Oh boy. I was like, well, we'll get it tomorrow. Well, the, sh the shanks were knocked on. I started out and went nine, 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 12. And I was like, Oh my goodness! Like I've never, I ended up shooting ninety-eight. <laughs> I was like, playing like me out there. <laughs> oh, I I don't wish that upon anybody. That was so. Ouch. I had no idea. <laughs> if you put a club in my hand, I had no idea where the ball was going. And then tonight, so our season's totally over now. Um, I ended up not making the uh, championship, like the or like kind of like our championship team to go travel. I was the number one guy all year, and then I shoot that ninety-eight and knock me out but um yeah we had our worst our worst finish in like five years so <laughs> it just, it didn't thanks for bringing it up bud. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but i had a great time i mean i went out tonight and shot like one under on my own ball but that's what we only played nine holes but it's like wow great ball striking and then like that happens and i don't know the golf coach did not like me we were talking about Brooksy earlier, and he's the epitome of his whole move to live golf was because he was struggling with his game. And he's like, mm -hmm. you know, golf's that sport. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. When you don't have it, you feel like you're never going to find it. I didn't mean to open up a wound. I was really just trying to catch up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on, on uh, the, the, like... the positive side, though, I don't know how, like, well, with baseball and stuff you guys are, but um, Mike Messina's son, who played for the Yankees. Or yeah, Mike Messina that played for the Yankees. The moose. His son, uh, Plays plays for Penn College, and we got matched up together like twice this year. So I met Mike Messina. We're, we were tight for a little bit. But, oh, nice. <laughs> my, my game's gone to crap. But. I'll tell you this too, Nate, because people out there, you know, here, like, there's it's so easy, especially us golfers understand that. It, it is so easy to stand on the outside and be like, wow, 73 to, to 98. Well, it, it 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 happens just as quick as you told the story too. I've I've been out there. I played a practice round at the Mass Open qualifier a couple of years ago. Shot seventy on a on a par seventy one course. Felt good about it. Went out yeah. a week later, had forty one putts and shot ninety. And you're yeah. just like, what? It's it, it just lost. But if you don't put yourself out there, and I, I, my the buddies I play with in a golf group, we talk about this all the time. If you don't take opportunities to push yourself, some, you don't have to. There's there's nothing wrong with being a casual recreational golfer, or yeah. even somebody who it's like all I need to know all I need to know is which side of the club to hold so I can go have a good time. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are on the side of I want to I want to get better somehow. Whatever the competition you can find, whether it's college competition like Nate is, or it's your weekly league like I'm in, or it's you know just yourself like Andrew trying to push himself every year to shave a couple strokes, maybe make one two putts mm -hmm. around to keep driving. You don't put yourself out there a little bit. Nothing's going to come back back in return. And you have put yourself out there with Acorn Hills Co. And I, yes. I just like that for the Acorn Hills Co. It's just Acorn Hills, folks. Acorn Hills Clothing Company, but AcornHillsCo.com. Mm -hmm. Go out, take a peek. And for the folks who maybe right weren't with us the first time around, give us a little bit of a backstory. How did this start and what is it? And then we then let's get some updates. Uh, and we'll start with the beautiful quarter zip that you have on that is a magnificent <laughs> shade of green. It's kind of funny, though. This is this podcast kind of, um, you know, I, I would tab this podcast as kind of my, my starting point, my launching pad. 
Um, nice. <laughs> I, I mean, glad because, to be a part of it for you. You know, you know, you guys, you guys were the very first podcast to take a chance on me, and uh, then since then, you know, like I said, like the Weather Channel happened, and all those news interviews. Mm-hmm. But uh, so for those everyone that out there doesn't know me, my name's Nate, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but so I had this idea of you know looking good and feeling good and doing good, and I thought, well you know, how can I do that? How can I combine my two greatest passions of golf and kind of that idea? And that's kind of where Acorn Hills came from. So I always wanted to do it um, pre-COVID and, you know, COVID happened. I thought, well, I, I want to do this. And I kind of shuffled my feet and I got to my first year of college here in 2021. I thought, okay, like this is, this is the time to do it. If I'm going to fall on my face, so be it. And, uh, you know, I, I took that leap and I started doing that research and, for those of you that don't know, I, I wish I had one with me. I don't, but I actually use seed paper um, with with my clothing tags. So a lot of people, a lot of clothing retailers, they'll use like a plastic hang tag. If you go into like a Dix or TJ Maxx, and you see all these brands, um, their price tag is like this piece of plastic. And you know, I think it's something that's really not talked about enough when everyone's talking about conservation and climate change and things in plastic uh, pollution is the clothing business is a trillion dollar industry and no one's talking about those little pieces of plastic times every brand every range and it's it's like almost like the elephant in the room but no one's ever kind of put two and two together i guess and i kind of saw that from a bird's eye perspective i thought well you know i don't know if i'm going to be able to completely eliminate all my um you know plastic production stuff but at least if i can balance it and that's what i wanted to do and uh you know, the seed paper tag, it's just something where the, the customer can almost, if, like if you were like me, I never had a green thumb. The seed paper tag is where, you know, customer buys the product and they take that tag and they put it in the ground. And, you know, pretty soon, a couple of weeks, you have sprouts of wildflowers. Now, right now, if you're in PA, I don't know what the weather's like in Boston, but uh, if you're in PA, they're not going to sprout outside. So I suggest putting them in a pot and bring them inside <laughs> for now. But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be. Well, today was today was seventy degrees, believe it or not. Next week's supposed to be twenty-four. So, big PA swing. Excuse me, what? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, in Flo- I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida right now, taking care of some family stuff. So it's like I'm outside. It's seven. I actually got like mosquitoes flying around. Did you say it's supposed to be? Tw- I'm not coming back. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't recommend. It's like it was uh, seventy today. Perfect day. I looked at the weather forecast. High of twenty-four on Wednesday for PA. So. Oh, wonderful yeah. content for a golf contest well don't worry you know what this week here but it's going to be in the 70s all week and weekend so you can come back i do i have my wow. final four ball i have my <laughs> final four ball of the season on saturday uh me and me and ken me and kenny b i'll tell you all about kenny b next week when uh when we're crowned champs of the four ball this upcoming weekend but honestly you said the weather channel er- earlier and there is this kind of strange uh, it's not strange. It's a very organic and beautiful and natural thing. This oh, this intersection between the weather world and golf people, because naturally we like good weather to play in. Uh, and I love it how everybody, Nate, do you have any weather apps on your phone? I have, I have, of course, the weather channel um, and okay. Apple <laughs> weather. Um, there there you go. Everybody has at least the Weather Channel, Apple Weather, and then I, I know a guy who's got like seven different lightning strike ones that he looks at, and, and it's all <laughs> golf related because he wants to make sure that he can actually get out, and he doesn't want to get off the course unless he absolutely has to, which drives me absolutely bonkers. But when the weather does shift back, 
Yes. Take your tags, get them outside. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's one of the, that's one of the things that drew me to Acorn Hills. Uh, wasn't just the dope ass hat that you started with that caught my eye, but, uh, it was that kind of seed paper mentality. And I've got four of them sitting in our, in our drawer in the kitchen that's sitting there right with some of the other, I don't know why they're in the kitchen, but we have a gardening drawer in the kitchen. Don't get me started. That's where everyone's but, gardening drawer is. That's where everybody's gardening drawer is right there in the kitchen. And they're sitting in there. And so when the weather gets nicer in the spring, we're going to go in the backyard. we got a corner of our yard that we've kind of we're like that'll be a perfect spot for them but you said that we were you know kind of the first people to give you a shot and i mentioned this hat you've you've come a long way talk Mm -hmm. to us now about growth since then uh what's gone on what have we seen where are we going yeah so um boy so much has happened you know like before i came on here i never i told i kind of hinted at the weather channel my first episode but um, for those of you that don't know, I went on the Weather Channel with Stephanie Abrams in April of, uh, geez, I guess it was, I guess it was 2023. Yeah. 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 April of 2023. And uh, did a live interview in front of the whole world, I guess. Um, they wanted to fly me out to set. I originally thought it was a phishing email. I fished it and it bounced back to me that it was legit. So um, that was good enough for me. So that's what kind of sparked that interview. But, uh, you know, from there, I landed a couple other news interviews kind of locally. But as far as products go, um, you know, since I came on here and the Weather Channel, I started to get that traction and brand recognition and uh, kind of brand identity, too, with the Acorn. And people were coming up to me in my hometown, my home courses, uh, calling my parents. You know, our our house phone ran off the ran off the wall. I mean, it just it just rang, rang, rang. Apparently. My mom said, "Now she could be blowing it out of proportion too." But uh, <laughs> no. at least one no. call, and then that was it. But uh, as far as as far as products go, you know, I just kind of like I said, I never took a dime from the business starting out, and I still don't just enough to cover my expenses. But I just threw everything back in and just kept turning it over, turning it over. And now, you know, it started out as two products, three products is now up to close to close to twenty products total if you count the ball markers and everything, and. Uh, it's crazy because a lot of people, I think what they don't realize is, you know, when I was first starting out, I think people thought maybe, okay, Nate's going to some t-shirt store down the street and saying, Hey, you know, put this logo on it called Acorn Hills. It's a gold and cotton shirt. And, you know, he's going out there and Hey, you know, um, but no, Haynes it's beefy tees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, it's for those of you out there that's listening, it's, it's actually, you know, um, I've told you guys before, I'll stay up a lot. A lot of times I'll pull some all nighters and stay on negotiation calls overseas and different manufacturing sites and companies that um, aren't on the same time zone as anywhere in the U S and uh, that's, what's tough, you know, and a lot of times these, these products, I guess I source them from all over the place, but to answer your question about where I've come is I've actually partnered with a local. So uh, in all the areas and stuff, there's like one on border that was willing to take me on. And this, coincidentally, it had to be like a minute up the road from my college. So it, it worked out like perfect. So I started doing custom uh, orders for pro shops. So like these oh, pieces nice. and stuff, uh, I started doing them for pro shops. Um, after I went on the Weather Channel, for the casual side, it's a funny story. My brother graduated with a kid. He moved out to Nebraska, and he got a job for REI Outdoors. I don't know if you've heard of REI yep. Outdoors. Very, very familiar. Yep. So once I went on the Weather Channel, he called me and said, hey, Nate. Um, it's Austin. He said, you know, I graduated with your brother. He said, I loved your, loved your interview. He said, I can't get guarantee you that 
I can get you in. But he said, would you be interested in being in the Nebraska REI? And I said, well, of course. He said, I can't give you, he said, he said, I can't give you the retailer rights of REI and like say that you're an official retailer, but um, I'm officially official. I'm in the REI Nebraska store for the casual side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then that took me up until about May of 23. And then I started doing a couple of state parks uh, in our area as well. So I did Black Machanan State Park, which is in PA. And, yeah. um, you know, he, I just I started doing, I just saw your message, that's why I stole. But, oh. uh, you know, I started doing that and that, that kind of trickled into the golf aspect. So I did Nemecolon Country Club for the custom stuff. Um, it's down in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've yep. ever heard of Nemecolon. Um, yeah, I'm big fan of the Pittsburgh crowd here on Dead. I, I, th- I think I've played that before actually because I I spent, some time, I spent some time in Pittsburgh. I lived there for about <laughs> nine months. I have I've had family there all my life. So Washington, PA is where it's at. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've played there before. Yeah. Oh yeah, you probably <laughs> yeah probably have. And um, so I did that, and then I got it was, it was weird, so weird. Um, so my brother went to Gannon and Erie, PA. And you got to be sure. friends with like a lot of their golfers and things like that. And uh, when I kind of went on the Weather Channel, I had a whole bunch of people follow me. And a couple of people were from Gannon. A couple of people were from the golf team on Gannon. He knew them. And so he introduced me to this guy named Mike. Mike has a kind of almost like a traveling men's league type type ordeal. Yep. There's probably about 20, 25 guys. They travel all different courses throughout the year and play like a match play event on there. It's called the eight ball. And because um, originally started out with eight guys, now they're up to 22. But uh, so he liked it. So he, you know, I did some custom things for them. I did, I actually did a whole custom hat for them. So I don't know if you happen to see on my Instagram page, uh, there's a guy wearing a white hat, has like an eight ball on it. Um, what else did I do? Oh, I did, I, I did our uh, college golf apparel. I don't even know why I forgot about that. I did our college golf apparel. <laughs> yeah, yep. I should have wore the hat. It says Mounties across the top of it and Acorn Hills and, um, so you all are the Mounties? And, what's that? You all are the Mounties? We're the Mounties, yeah. I gotta get I, I gotta get me an Acorn Hills Mountie Mount Aloysius Mounties hat. Yeah, I'll shoot you I did white and blue, but they're on the Instagram. If you go to Mountie Golf, they're on the Mountie Golf oh, Instagram. I'm, I'm, but, we're, we're gonna be this is we're gonna start the Mountie Golf fan club here. Uh and I will say this too about the gear that he produces, and he talks about these overseas. He's being very, very uh gracious about it because if you if you get a chance to mm-hmm. If you order from Acorn Hills, you will get a piece of Nate with you. And I don't mean that creepy manner. I mean, you get a handwritten <laughs> note. You get love. It's it's shipped from the home shop with, you know, with help from from the family there. And it's, yeah. it's a wonderful overall customer experience. And at the end of the day, when you get it, you understand what kind of high quality material it is. You compare it to any of your any of your other high end golf brands that, that's out there. You you put the Acorn Hills stuff gear up next to it and you look in the inside and it says, oh, what kind of shirt is this that Acorn Hills? is? No, Oh, it's an Acorn Hills shirt. And you see that start to finish. It's a quality brand. It's built with love and dedication and hard work. And so before we have to wrap things up here at the top of the hour, Nate, are there any other kind of parting words of wisdoms uh, that you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, if you're out there listening, I'd really appreciate if you followed me on the, uh, the Instagram page at acorn.hills and send me a DM. You know, it's going to be me replying. I promise you um, it's not some bot or automated AI generate some, something. It's me on the other <laughs> end. So you're going to get me uh, if that's okay with you guys. So shoot me a DM. More than happy to chop it off with you and 
you know, I just appreciate the support. Always, Always. you know, the, we got, we got your back and uh, go Mounties, go Acorn Hills and go Nate, man. We're really happy to see the success. We wish you more luck in the, in the year ahead. Hey, thank you guys. Fantastic. Well, Nate, thanks for joining us. We're going to quickly jump out of here, but maybe we'll, uh, we'll keep chatting with you. We got to make room for the next show coming on, but, uh, if you want to stick around, maybe we'll chat, record something, and release it after. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. As always, though, this has been Divots and Pivots here on the Fantasy Sports Corporation every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. We love you all. Have a good night.